Okay, if we could have everyone come in and take their seat. We need to get started this morning. We got a great morning lined up for you. You're going to really, really enjoy it. Thank you, Jesus. I tell you, you got to be a secure person in the Lord to try and calm Christians down from visiting and take their seats because you just uh, you just get ignored. It's like you didn't even say anything. <laughs> you got to be secure. Man, it's been a great conference. I've had a great time. I have really enjoyed it. I've been blessed by everything. I had a lady here uh, give me a testimony just a few moments ago about her six-year-old grandson that she brought here, and he had muscular dystrophy, and he was able to stand and walk very difficult. But last night, he ran down the hall. That's praise the Lord. So our children's ministers have been doing a great job ministering the Word and seeing the power of God operate in people's lives. So... It's been good in here. I'm sure it's been good with the youth and with the children. And Mike and Carrie Pickett have been um, heading up the youth group in there. I got to speak to them. I think it was uh, Wednesday. I'm not sure what day. But I tell you, the praise the Lord, the, the praise and worship in there was really anointed. The presence of God was there. And I think every single one of those youth was paying attention and listening to me. I'm surprised they invited me back. Last year I got in there and there was about four guys sitting there who you could tell they didn't want to be there. I told them, I said, look, I don't want to be here either. I hate ministering. I hate ministering to youth because you don't want to be here. You're just here playing and goofing around. And I was real blunt with them. I'm surprised that Mike asked me to come back. But this year, boy, it was powerful. They really received well. And Mike and Carrie do a great job. So Mike and Carrie are the directors of our CBC in Russia. And uh, they have been over there for a number of years. They just started an Andrew Womack Ministries office over there. We have people employed. They've put out, I think it was uh, 800 books in two months, around 400 per month. Uh, we have uh, Russian broadcast now in Russian all across 11 time zones, and also it's heard by satellite even here in the U.S. Russians are riding in and requesting the materials. And they have been involved in getting, I think it's nine of my books translated into Russian, and they've translated some of our discipleship evangelism things and some of our Bible courses and things like that. So they have been busy. They're doing a great, great job. So who's, are both of you coming up or just Carrie? All right, this is Carrie Pickett. And she is a blessing. Praise the Lord. Ten weeks old. She's sleeping with Grandma. Grandma's watching by live feed. So, well, it's exciting to be here with you today. We are... Um, We've been blessed to, to work with the youth. This is this has been is this the ten years that the summer Bible conference has been going? I think so. I think this is the tenth year, and uh, so we've been doing the teenagers for ten years. So we have actually some of our teenagers that have been with us since they were 14, 15 years old, and now they're 20, 25 years old, and it makes me feel old actually. But um, it's been a blessing. So all of our teenagers, where are you? You want to raise your hand? Wow. Woo! Our, 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 peanut, our peanut gallery there in the back, so we're keeping our eye on you. 
But um, we're excited to be here, and God is doing some awesome things, and uh, it's just a privilege. And, uh, you know, it's interesting, we were inter- um, introducing Andrew the other day. You know, I-, I told the youth, I said, I've known Andrew for 21 years, because he used to come to our church when I was 10 years old. And when I said that, I also said, I said wow, I sound old, but I'm not. And uh, so it's been a blessing, because he used to come to our church when I was 10, and, and uh, when we were down in Kit Carson, so Kit Carson's out on the plains of of uh, Colorado. And so just having Andrew be able to come into the youth this year was really good. It was powerful. It really was. And I'll agree, it was much better than last year. Because last year he came in, he said, you know, you guys are an inch deep and a mile wide. (laughs) And I'm like, oh my gosh. And so when he left, I'm like, let's prove Andrew Womack wrong. We're not an inch deep. And so anyway, it's just neat to see the kids on fire for the Lord and loving God. So, But um, like Andrew said, uh, things in Russia are going absolutely fantastic. God is doing some amazing things. And uh, we consider it a privilege and an honor to be in Russia and be in partnership with Andrew Womack Ministries and CBC. And uh, Mike and I, we direct the Bible school over there. And uh, like he said, we started in Andrew Womack Ministries' office uh, this year and in February. So uh, he is now on daily broadcast in Russia. And you see Andrew Womack speaking in Russian. And that's really fascinating, actually. And um, uh, it's reaching 160 million homes within Russia. And it's interesting because the responses that we've gotten haven't just been within Russia. I mean... All across 11 time zones, we've received responses, plus lots of Russians are writing out of Israel, a lot of Russians writing out of Kyrgyzstan and Kazakhstan, all the Stans. We even had a request for books from Russians that are living in America, and uh, a huge response to the Russian uh, website for Europe. So God is just reaching Russians um, all over, so we're just excited about this broadcast, because not only does it reach Russia, it also reaches all of Europe and it reaches Israel, and it reaches America. And so we're just excited to see what God is doing. It's been a privilege to uh, my husband and and our head interpreter have been just making sure everything gets translated and and done and put together, and it's just awesome to see what happened. And Andrew said we had nine books translated. Actually, we we have 12 of them translated, and so with more on on in the process. So we're excited because people are getting getting the books and getting the CDs. And, you know, one of the things about Russia, it's a huge nation that doesn't have very many missionaries. And a lot of the churches and stuff, you know, they love God, but there's still a lot of law. There's no grace. Um, just really bound in fear and control. A lot of leaders uh, leading with control just because that's the only style of leadership they've ever ever seen. And whenever ever we send out a book or a CD or anytime anybody turns on their television and gets to see Andrew, for us as missionaries and, and our staff and the Bible school, we are so excited about this because every time that happens, it's like sending out a new missionary. You know, we can't reach that village or we can't reach that home, but every time they turn on the TV and get to see Andrew or and we've got all kinds of healings, you know, people watching Andrew and realizing, you know, God wants me healed and being healed and getting saved and just, you know, hearing, hearing the word through the TV. And so we're just so excited about that. So I feel like every time we send out a book, we're sending out a missionary, you know, so we're praying over stuff and just that God's going to bless it and move upon it. So... We're just tremendously excited about what God's doing within Russia. One of the things that's really interesting about our Bible school is that we have a lot of different nations that come. 
it's not just Russians, but an it's really an international school because we have lots of Africans and Indians and uh, people from all over the world. We have about 12 nations represented within the Bible school at this time. And as they go through Bible school, they're also going through university to be medical doctors or engineers or you know, getting their professions in the morning and then coming to Bible school in the evenings. And as they're going back to their nations, they're going back on fire, discipled with a, with a message of God's grace and love in their hearts and reaching their own nations. And it's exciting to see what our students are doing. We have two, um, what's really neat for this year, we had um, two satellite Bible schools open out of our school. We had a student that went back to Zimbabwe, and he started a school in Zimbabwe. And so uh, he's, he's already got students that are coming. And it was really interesting. He sent us a testimony the other day. That in Zimbabwe, it's, he's actually ministering in some Methodist churches down there. They've invited him in to use their building. And, and so he's been preaching, and they've been inviting him, inviting him in on Wednesday nights to preach in their church. And so he'd been teaching about grace. And the system within Africa in Zimbabwe right now is that you your tithe is required. You know, you have a certain amount of tithe that you owe the church. Well, people aren't able to pay their tithes, so they're in debt. The church keeps track of how much they owe the church. And so, everyone's like, ooh. And uh, uh, so the church has, you know, records on what they owe the church. And so then they, you know, feel like they have all this debt, you know, not just in life, but to the church. And they feel in control. And I feel controlled by the church. And uh, through the messages that Keith has been preaching, they have gotten a revelation. The pastors have been getting a revelation that that's not God's way. So they're thinking about redoing all their system of tithing for the church. So, yeah, awesome. So, and just, just by them receiving that revelation, they're going to start to see the prosperity of the Lord begin to bless multiple areas of their life, not just their finances, but just that freedom. And so we're just excited to watch our kids now ministering. You know, we, now that we have, a, we have a little girl, Eliana, and people have asked, what's it like to be a new mom? And I'm like, sleepy. And, um, but it's a blessing. We love it. And... Um, but we, we already kind of had this, you know, feeling of being parents because watching these students go out and minister the gospel, and it's just been fantastic. And uh, we had another student in Tartistan. She went and started a, a Bible school, and she's got 18 students now, and she's working within her local church. And uh, her pastor is just absolutely excited about the material, and just it's absolutely transformed him, which in turn is transforming all 200 people within his church. Amen. So this is one of the reasons we are so excited to see the material get into Russian because as our students go out, we're able to equip them with all kinds of material and books. Our course, the correspondence school, if any of you are taking CBC correspondence or are interested in taking CBC correspondence, which I highly encourage you to do, um, we've actually got those courses now of, uh, in Russian. And so we're able to start correspondence schools in villages. And so we have 25 in-church Bible schools within another area of Russia that the pastors are going through and getting ready to take their people through. And, um, and our vision is that this next year we'll start a thousand, this next five years we'll start a thousand Bible schools. And so that's, that's our vision to start these in-church Bible schools as well as students going out and starting satellite schools and creating mission teams from our students that go out and, and go to these church plants um, and go to these Bible school plants and really going in and teaching them and praying for them and teaching the students how to pray for each other. So we're excited. We're just um, God is good, you know, and um, when God has given us these new ideas and, you know, when we were, we found out we were going to have a baby, we were so excited and, you know, the first thing we did, we're like, we're having a baby, 
and we cried and thank you Jesus and then we grabbed out the calendar like how is this going to work and um, God babies don't know calendars amen and um, so we just you know figured out all the schedule and how things are going to go and God is just and then in the process of this year just God gave us this vision you know start a thousand Bible school in five years and I'm like Jesus I'm supposed to slow down but he kept putting these things on our hearts and putting these things on our hearts. And so finally we just said, okay, Lord. And, and when we said, yes, God has been providing new team members and people with these amazing skills to join us this year to help us. And so we're very excited about that. And I want to recognize um, Judy Gonerman. She is one of our missionaries that's helping us within Russia. And... She is a blessing. She's also a missionary in Kyrgyzstan. So she goes between Kyrgyzstan and Russia to help us teach. And she's a blessing. And then Daniel. Daniel, are you in here? Daniel Bennett. Daniel. This is Daniel. Um, Daniel is actually uh, going to be joining us in St. Petersburg in September. And we're so excited. So we've got a long list of, of things for him to do. And I think we'll put babysitting on there every now and then. <laughs> So just to enrich him as a minister and as a person. And so, but no, we're, we're excited about Daniel coming over and God's got some other people that he's put on our hearts and I have an interest to come to Russia. So we're just excited about this and what God is doing. And, um, you know, I just want to, I want to challenge you. When I was, um, when I was 10 years old, I knew I wanted to be a full-time missionary because uh, we always had missionaries come into our church from all over the world. And uh, my pastor, uh, Pastor Lawson, I think you guys have probably heard him, Pastor Lawson Purdue was my pastor growing up. And uh, he always used to say, you're called, you're anointed, you're blessed by the Lord, God's got a call in your life, seek him and he will show you. And uh, so with all these missionaries coming in, that's when I got the most excited. And, you know, you know would lay awake thinking, oh, I want to go to the nations and realize that was what God was calling me to do. And so uh, at 10, I knew I wanted to be a full-time missionary and started reading missionary biographies. I uh, was the little shadow to every missionary that came to our church. I didn't leave their side, asking them questions and harassing them. And uh, God, through that, just really began to train my heart, you know, to do missions. And I remember that when I was growing up, you know, I had these ideas that, you know, because I would read books about missionaries that had changed nations. I mean, that from there, what they did, they changed a nation. And I remember saying, Lord, I want to change the nations. And it was this um, past year, as we were getting ready to put Andrew Womack on television within Russia, and as we were publishing the books and, you know, really starting the process, my husband directs Andrew Womack Ministries Russia, and as we were just, you know, strategizing, how are you going to do this, and um, the Lord just really spoke to my heart, and he said, you asked for a nation, and I'm giving you Russia. And so for the team and I, for my husband and I, we are extremely honored and excited about this and how God's using our team and the Bible school students to really, that we've been given Russia. And I want to use it as a challenge because I came from Kit Carson. I'm a little farm girl, you know, grew up in a town of 350 people. You know, I was supposed to raise cows and raise babies. That was, you know, what you do in Kit Carson. That's what, you know, what most people do. And which is not bad, but I knew that's not what God had called me to. And, uh... You know, I'll say this, that if God can use myself and my husband, because my husband, he had been a missionary in Russia for a period of time, and then he came back, and he was a prison guard. He was a lieutenant in a prison, and he was going to do his 20 years and retire, and that was his plan. And God called him back to Russia. Yes. That's when we met. And... um, 
It's that whole aspect of, you know, God, if God can call me as a farm girl and him as a prison guard, well, then I guarantee God's going to use you. Amen. And God uses the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. Amen. And when we just are willing to say, God, here I am, use me. He, he's really serious about using you. You know, you may not be serious about what you think you can do for God, but God is serious about his spirit that he put with inside of you. Amen. And he's excited about you. He's excited about what he's placed within you. You know, sometimes we think that God's looking at us and just waiting. Are they going to do it? Are they going to make mistakes? No, when God looks at us, he's excited about our lives. And he's passionate about what he's put with inside of us. And that's why I believe the Holy Spirit is such a gift. Because not only is he excited about the spirit he put within you, but he gave you the Holy Spirit to draw those things out. Amen? To teach you so that you can be able to teach other people. Amen? So I just want to I just want to challenge you today. Do not limit God. God. Amen. Because when we limit him, we're only limiting the absolute tremendous ways that we're going to be changed in the process of following God. Amen. Because as many lives as you can touch, the more that you step out and say, here I am, Lord, the more you will be changed. And that is an amazing process. The transformation of seeing God work and and transform you is thrilling. And so I just want to, I want to invite you to be a part of that adventure of just saying, Lord, here's my life. You know, I lay down my agendas and I, I pick up your agenda for my life. Amen. Isn't God good? So that's just a quick update on what's going on within Russia. I believe that um, God's going to do tremendous, tre- tremendously more powerful things this next year. One quick testimony. We do a missions trip out of our Bible school. In the past, we've done it to different nations. But this last year, we've gone into central Russia. And uh, it's a 33-hour train trip into central Russia. And so we get on the train and go. And it's so funny because we invited Andrew to come in to Russia again. I said, yeah, you should go down to Izhetsk with us. And he said, I don't know about that 33-hour train trip. That would be an experience. I would love that. But I doubt he'd do that. But um, we'll, we'll fly him down there. But um, we take our students on this 33-hour train trip, and uh, we were working with a church down there that God had used us in the year before just in a tremendous way. That's where we started these in-church Bible schools. And uh, this year they came up to Mike and because uh, I, I had to come back to America because it was my eighth month and I needed to be back here. And, and so Mike stayed there for a little bit longer and led the mission trips with our students. And it was awesome because the lead, one of the pastors who's a leader over all the village churches and village pastors she just said you know we don't know how to be leaders of grace and they said would you would you have your school come down here and teach us how to be leaders of grace and I just thought that was so powerful because even though they were getting the message of grace you can have good doctrine and not be a good leader or you can be a great leader and have bad doctrine and they're starting to realize that they need to combine that and learn from grace how to really lead and love their people and how to send them out because within Russia it's kind of once you become saved and you become part of a church it's like you belong to them and uh, now we're going to teach them, you know, how to send out their people, you know, send them out into other villages and other nations. And so we're excited about that. We're in the motion of starting a leadership, a special leadership school that will travel down there and do intensive leadership training within that area because they want all of their leaders to go through it. And they want to plant a Bible school in all 120 of their village churches. So we're excited about this. So God's, God is awesome and he's amazing. And uh, 
Praise the Lord. Well, I uh, I have some things I want to share with you today, just um, just to encourage you. You know, I was just praying. That, I've been praying the last week as we've. Um, as we've been doing the teenagers, just what the Lord wanted me to share with you today. And teenagers, this isn't just for the adults, and uh, this is also for you back there. So, um, but I want to go to Second um, Peter chapter one, verse three. And these are powerful verses. These are some of my favorite verses, and I, I believe that they have a, a tremendous amount of encouragement to us. You know, and all of us are coming from different backgrounds, different states. Um, to come to this conference, and I just really commend you for uh, taking time, vacation time, to come and listen to the word. Amen. You could be sitting by the pool or by the spa, but you came to sit uh, at the feet of God. Amen. And you came to sit and listen to the word, and that's just, you know what, praise God, that's restful. Even with the busy schedule of morning services and evening services, you are listening to the word, and it brings rest. Amen. It brings revelation. It's bringing peace. And I believe not only is it bringing rest, it's causing excitement in your hearts. Amen. So I just encourage you that even though you've had three full hours in the morning and, you know, evenings that have been awesome, but, you know, maybe you're getting back late or eating late and your schedule's all off, I encourage you to take... You know, get the CDs, get the DVDs, whatever it takes, and and continue to water the seeds that the Lord planted within your heart this week. Because He didn't bring you here just to have a week. He brought you here because He wanted you to be here to hear something that was specifically for you. So I just encourage you to water this in your heart. But in 1 Peter, 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3 and 4. It says, His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him who called us to His own glory and excellence, by which He has granted to us His precious and very great promises, so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. And I'm reading out of the ESV, just so people know. But... You know, you look at this scripture and it says, His divine power has given us everything that pertains to life and godliness. I just want to encourage you that no matter what's going on within your life, what's going on within your family, no matter what's going on within your finances, He has given you everything that you need to be able to go through it. Amen? And not only be able to go through it, but to go through it with godliness, with the glory and the character and the nature and the power of God through those things. Amen? He doesn't just want us to go through it. He wants us to go through it with such a victory that we come out with testimonies of, isn't my God good? Amen? That we can look at our finances and say, yeah, things may be rough right now, but my God is faithful and I'm coming through. I'm going to keep speaking to it. I'm going to keep speaking prosperity over it. I'm going to keep giving. I'm going to keep having thanksgiving and God's going to do something. Amen. And when he does something, you'll be able to look back and say, wow, wasn't my God faithful? He carried me. Amen. One of the things I want to share with you today is um, we have a series that we do over in Russia called Lifetime of Ministry. And... Uh, one of the lessons in it is something that we really share with our second year students. And this is a lesson on compassion. And I want to talk about compassion this morning because, you know, when we look at our lives, and, you know, you've heard a lot about this week about the love of God. And, you know, we've been ministering to the, the youth, you know, just the love of God. And when Andrew was in there, we just talked about a revelation of, of God's love will change everything. Amen. It changes the way we see ourselves. It changes the way we see every relationship around us. A revelation of God's love will enable us to say yes to the call of God on our lives. Because the call of God is within you, but you don't have to say yes to it. 
Amen. The gifts and the callings and the fullness of the Spirit, everything that He's gifted you is already inside of you, but you don't have to say yes to it. Because fear can cause you to say no to it. Insecurity, you know, time. Well, it's not the right time. We can say no. We have all kinds of excuses to say no to the call of God on our lives, right? But a revelation of God's love will cause us to say yes. Because we start to realize this is not about me. It's not about other people's opinion of me. It's not about what I think is good timing. But if God's saying to do it, then I'm going to do it. Amen. If God says to say it, I'm going to say it. If God says to go someplace, well, then I'm going to take a step of faith and go to that place. Amen. So a revelation of God's love will change how we step into the call of God on our lives. Amen. It's not about tons of leadership training and courses and learning how to, you know, preach and teach effectively. All of that's important. It is. And all of that will benefit you and it will cause you to, you know, to reach even more people. But without that revelation of God's love, it's just knowledge. You can have all kinds of leadership uh, understanding, but without a revelation of God's love, you're just going, you'll just, you'll be a leader. But what are you leading them into? What are you leading them out of? Amen. And a revelation of God's, God's love and God's grace absolutely changes your life. And one of the things, and, and I say this every year, I say this to every time I minister, but it is a revelation that God has just really made solid within my heart and has really kept me on the mission field, has kept me pursuing the call of God on my life because, as you know, you can get so busy with your everyday life, and not just everyday life, but ministry life, that you get so burned out and so tired that you, there are times you just want to quit. I'm done. That's it. Let somebody else do it, Jesus. And uh, you, can, you can do that sometimes in your marriage. You can do that with your children. You can do that. Fine. I'm done. But praise God, God's love and God's our intimacy with God is what causes us to keep going. Amen. And run to him and receive that strength from him. But I want to give you a definition for ministry because you are here today um, listening to the word. And some of you may be like, well, I'm not called to ministry. I am, you know, I might be interested in Bible school, but I'm not interested in going into ministry. Maybe some of you are interested or are in ministry. But one thing I want to redefine the definition of ministry, that ministry is not behind the pulpit. This is not ministry. Ministry is not uh, preaching. Ministry is not, you know, having a title or a position. Ministry is your relationship to and with God. That's your ministry. That's what you've been called to. You've been called to have a relationship with Him. Amen? And that relationship with Him and to Him then results in an overflow. So ministry is your relationship to and with God, which results in an overflow that begins to bless the lives around you. See, it's in your time with the Lord. It's in your intimacy with God. In your time, you know, digging into the Word and asking the Spirit of God to reveal the Word to you. That you begin to change. That you begin to have words. That you begin to have a message. That you begin to step out in boldness and pray for the sick. And heal, you know, heal people and, and preach and serve and love and people then will look at you and say oh well you're in ministry ministry started a long time ago amen it started in that time where you surrendered your schedule so that you made a place and a priority for the word of god amen ministry started when you chose to believe god's word more than your circumstances in your personal heart and emotions and struggles so that then you could minister to somebody out of what god revealed to you Amen? So it's out of that intimacy with God and that ministry with Him that then there's this overflow. And everybody's overflow in here is going to look different. Amen? Praise God, we don't all have to be like each other. Not all of you are called to Russia. Amen. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> Careful, brother. You say amen to that. Say never. Say never. Please, say never. Because I know you and we would love to have you in Russia. 
Hallelujah. So when we, God's not called all of us to Russia. And he's not called all of us to Colorado Springs. But he's called you for where you are. Amen. And there may be dreams on your heart of where you want to go. And I, I just want to encourage you. God has a timing for that. And hold on to that. And keep preparing for that. Amen. Don't let it go. There will be a lot. And you know, the enemy does try to discourage us in, in the things that uh, God has for us. But praise God. We have the strength and the power of the word of God to cast down every high thought that tries to exalt itself above the name of Jesus. That tries to exalt itself above the call of God in your life and the spirit of God within you. Amen. And so all of us are different, but our overflow is going, our overflow can touch this world. Amen. And in 1 Peter, it talks about his, his divine power, that spirit of God that you received when you became born again, the spirit of the living God with the full inheritance and full power and glory and righteousness of God lives within you and is equipping you to do everything you need within this life. Amen. And it says, and that he's given us this because he's of his glory and his goodness. Amen. He, we're not called because we're so smart or we're so beautiful or we have degrees. Amen. We're called because of his goodness and his glory. We're called because we entered into grace by faith. Amen. We're called because we said, Lord, I need you. And he says, yes, you do. Amen. And here is all of me. Right. And when we receive that spirit because of his glory and goodness. Right. It says that he has given us all of these things, all that power through his great and precious promises. Amen. So it's our relationship with this word and through those great and precious promises that we begin to understand what it means. Because it goes on to say here. It says, by which he has granted to us his precious and very great promises so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature. Amen. You become partakers of the divine nature. You begin to participate in the character of God. Not only do you start to see God work in your life, but you begin to see God work through your life. Amen. That the nature and the compassion and the love of God has not only been revealed to you, but now you're being an instrument of revealing God's love to other people. Amen. And I'm not saying it, it, it's, it, you're going up there with sermons. I'm talking about love and actions and words and just a presence of God on you, the love of God on on you that everything you do is is coming is being birthed out of that revelation of God's love. Amen. And that compassion being birthed within your heart. I want to talk about compassion, you know, when we look at God, you know, and you look at mankind and how we sinned and we were separated from God. He loved us so much that he came to die for us. Amen. He couldn't stand being separated from the beloved. Amen. And so he sent Himself, And when you look at compassion, compassion is different than sympathy. Sympathy can be where you can look at a person and you can, and, and we've all done this, I've done this. You can look at somebody and you, you, you sympathize. Oh, that's too bad. Oh, wow. Oh, gosh. That's, and, you, and, you, and it pulls on the emotional strings of your heart and like, oh, that's too bad. But there's still a level of distance within it. Oh, that's so sad as we keep walking by. Right? You can feel sorry for somebody and you feel that tug on your heart and, oh, I wish there was something I could do as we keep walking by, as we keep driving by, as we turn to a different channel. I mean, there's different things that, that pull on us and we can have sympathy, but there's distance involved. Or we can have pity. You have pity for somebody, oh, that's too bad. But pity involves a level of condemnation within it. 
Ah, oh, you, feel, you feel bad for the drunk stumbling by. You know, in Russia, there's lots of alcoholics, you know, laying, laying right in the middle of the metro and people walking around them. And there's, you know, people begging. And you can look at them and go, oh, that's so sad. But you know, if they just weren't drinking and, you know, if they could just stop doing that, you know, there's a level of condemnation. And, you know, what, what we think they should be doing differently and then they would change, right? Praise God. He didn't have sympathy and he didn't have, he didn't have pity for us. Right? Amen. Jesus didn't look at us and go, oh, that's too bad, and then look the other way. And he didn't look at us and say, oh, I feel so sorry for them. But you know, if they would just stop sinning, if they would just stop making those bad mistakes, amen? Praise God, Jesus didn't have pity on us, but he had compassion. Because compassion causes, caused him to step out, amen? Compassion, the love of God with inside of him moved him to action. And when we look at this scripture, talk about partaking in the divine nature of God. We're talking about letting the love of God touch us so much that we are people that are moved with compassion. All of us. It's very easy to get wrapped up in our own lives and our own daily schedules and our own families. And yes, we should be dedicated to raising our children godly. We should be dedicated to, you know, having great marriages. And we should be dedicated to, you know, putting our finances and being wise with them so that we can help expand the kingdom of God. And yes, we should have a priority to, to keep ourselves in good health so that we can serve God as long and as hard and as fast as we can. Amen? But what happens is we can become so organized and so focused on our own personal lives that we forget about the people that God's put us around. Even our, even our own extended family, our people within our church, let alone a perfect stranger. You know, we hear all of these stories about, you know, ministers will get up, or people, you'll hear stories about people that are just supernaturally led by God to be at the right place at the right time, and they have something to say, or God says, here, give this person that, or give the, and, and that person is like, how did you know when they get saved? You know, we hear all kinds of stories. I remember hearing a story one time about a guy, he, he was driving home, and God said, I want you to buy a gallon of milk. And he's like, I don't need milk. And God said, buy a gallon of milk. So he's like, okay. So he pulled into a convenience store and bought a gallon of milk, you know, for, you know, eight bucks, you know, because it was at a convenience store. So he grabbed it thinking, this is an expensive <laughs> gallon of milk, Lord, you know. And so he grabs his gallon of milk, and so he continues driving home, and God says, turn here. And he's like, well, that's not the way home. And God said, turn here. So he's going... And he's driving, and, and he's like, what am I doing? And the Lord says, turn here. And so he turns again, and, and he stops by. He said, the Lord says, stop at the street. So he stopped, and he said, that house. And it was a house that was dark. And he was just like, well, it doesn't look like anybody's home. And God said, take the milk to that door. And so he goes to the door, and he knocks on the door. And that, he's thinking, nobody's home. He's like, well, do I do the do I leave the milk, you know, on the front step? What do I do? He's like, this is so strange. You know, because sometimes it feels crazy. It feels crazy. What am I doing? This doesn't make sense. Praise God. God is not about our natural senses. Amen. Praise God. He's not about everything making sense. Praise God. He's about us stepping out in faith and believing that he has wisdom that's much, that's much greater than our ideas about what is right and wrong and proper. Amen. And so he's sitting there and he's like, Lord, this, this is crazy. And uh, so he continues to knock on the door and a man comes to the door. And as the man opens the door, he hears a baby crying in the back. And he's like, here, I don't know, this sounds crazy, but here's a gallon of milk for you. And the man just started crying. He said, you know, we ran out of money. He said, our electricity just got turned off. We have no food for ourselves or for the baby. 
And he said, and I just said, Lord, all we just need is some milk for the baby. And you look at that, you know, and go, oh, God, I want you to use me like that. Right? Amen? We want to be used by God. And that's awesome to hear God's voice and be led and be at the right place at the right time doing the right thing. And God use it in a supernatural way to touch somebody's heart and not only touch somebody else's heart, but it confirms to us that I know God's voice. Amen? And we want to be used like that, but sometimes we're still so focused on our own agenda that we're like, once I get spiritual enough, once I have more time, then I'll let God use me like that. You know, God's wanting to use us like that right now. God is wanting to speak to us where we have, we, have, we have the words to speak to our children, to our teenagers, to know what's going on within their hearts and their minds and to be able to love them and minister to our kids. Amen. To know how to supernaturally lead our finances. But not only that, that our lives begin to reach out in compassion to perfect strangers. Because the church, I really believe that if the church got a revelation of God's love, really got a revelation of God's love, and really allowed that love of God to move them in compassion, the church would absolutely change this world. Amen? Because the love of God moving us to action would begin to change people around us. Amen? And I, I like in, look at uh, Mark chapter 1. Real quick, Mark chapter 1. And this story talks about Jesus being moved with compassion. I just want to go to it real quick. Mark chapter 1. Verse 40, and it said, And a leper came to him, imploring him, and kneeling to him, and said, If you are willing, you can make me clean. And in verse 41, it says, Filled with compassion, Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him, and he was cured. You know, you look at this leper, leper, and remember, you know, at that time in, in history, you know, you had to go outside the camp. You had to live outside there. If you came into the city, you were stoned, right? Because leprosy not only was contagious, it's not only deadly, but it was considered a curse of God. You know, somehow you did something wrong that you've been cursed by God, you know. So there was not only the shame of being not allowed to see their family and being outcast and dying, but also this, un- this, this concept that I've been cursed of God. Right? But this, this man with leprosy, I mean, he just, you know what? I don't care if they stone me. There's, there's, there's a possibility that I could be healed. Not only is there a possibility, he knew he could be healed. So he came to Jesus. If you are willing, because he knew it could happen. Amen? If you are willing, you can make me clean. And Jesus just said, filled with compassion, reach out his hand and touch the man. Amen? And that's what's so powerful is he didn't just say, you know, sprinkle some water on him and say, you know, be healed and go away. I mean, he reached out his compassion, reached out and touched him. Amen. And remember, Jesus, for being the Son of God, was still the Son of Man. Amen. And he faced every temptation like we did. So I'm sure there is the fear. I'm sure the enemy is saying, hey, you know, you're going to get leprosy. Don't reach out and touch him. You've got to remember that Jesus was still, he still had temptation, but he, he knew his God, which caused him to reach out with compassion. Amen. And you, there will be times that God asks you to reach out. Maybe it's to touch someone, to pray for them. It's to reach out and give. It's to reach out past your own comfort levels. Amen? To do something. And when you do that, miracles follow. It's really interesting. Every time you see in the Bible where it says that Jesus was moved with compassion, miracles followed. Amen? 
And, you know, we as a charismatic church, as spirit-filled, grace-believing, miracle-believing, we want God to use us with signs and wonders. And all of us, there's a desire. We want to pray for people and see them healed. Amen? But you can't do that without compassion. I really believe that when you step out and begin to pray for people, you're motivated by the love of God. It's not because I'm so spiritual and I can heal you. You have a revelation of God's love that I know how much God loves you and I know what he did on the cross and I know what belongs to you. So yes, you are healed. You possess it. Amen. It's that revelation of God's love that causes you to reach out and pray for somebody, causes you to reach out and take that step of faith and that step of boldness because you know it has nothing to do with you being so great and so spiritual, but God. God's goodness and God's spirit within you and you surrendering to that. Amen. And then as you reach out with compassion, miracles will follow. Amen. Miracles will follow. And I'm going to make a challenge to you to really begin to ask the Lord how to teach you how to reach out with compassion. To let the love of God move you where you stop being so busy and ask the Lord, who do you want me to touch today? Who do you want me to pray for today? Amen? Sometimes that's just a card. Sending a card to somebody and saying, you know, I was thinking about you and you're just blessed to the Lord and God loves you and I'm here for you if you ever need me. That's a simple, that's a simple act. If God tells you to do it, do it. Because it can open so many other doors. Amen? Sometimes we think we have to make these big steps, but God sometimes just wants us to make the little steps. Amen? Get up and, you know, make a cup of coffee for your husband or wife. Get up early and do something for them. You know? Serving each other so that we can serve the people around us. Amen? Because when we are moved with compassion, God starts to give you towns and families and nations. Amen? When we get out of our own agenda and our own comfort zone so that we can start reaching the world. Amen? That as people of compassion, we begin to have an example. You know... In 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 12, it talks about, you know, Paul is telling Timothy, you know, uh, live as an example. Don't let anybody despise you because you are young, but set an example to the believers in life and love and faith and speech and impurity. Amen? And some of us may say, well, I'm not young. But you know what? Whether you're young physically or not, we're young usually always in something. We're young in ministry. We're, we're new in our job. There's always something that we feel insecure in, Right? Right? So don't let anybody look down on your youth. If you've just learned about grace and God's giving you a message and God's having you share it with people, share it. Amen? You don't have to be like, well, I've got to wait 40 years for me to get this really down before God uses me to start preaching and reaching. You know, I don't have any missionary training, so I can't go to the nations. You know, if God's telling you to do it, God's going to equip you and God's going to give you the open doors and God's going to be your strength. Amen? And God's going to go with you. Hallelujah? And so you become people of compassion that as we reach out and as we become an example, that the world begins to see the church rising up and being the first to respond to need. They see the church being the ones that rise up with words of wisdom and words of knowledge, amen, and that we begin to give the answers to economic problems. And we're the ones that are giving answers to how to build schools and build cities. And we're the ones that God is using, amen, because you have a desire to see people impacted by the love of God, which causes us to move and step out with compassion. And when we do that, the church will be an example. Amen? What's really interesting, the early church, you know, they went through a lot of persecution. 
You know, this was the time when the early church, you know, if you were found out to be a Christian, you were, you were put in, in the, you know, you were put in the arena and the lions were let loose on you. It was a time where Nero would roll up the Christians in wax and then burn them on his front lawn during his parties. The early church is when they created the slide, you know, the slide that all of our kids play on. Well, except that in the early church, it had a razor down the middle. And so when Paul is writing Timothy, he's encouraging him at this time. Don't let anybody be, don't let anybody look down on you because you're young. Because Paul, excuse me, Timothy was given the city of Ephesus. Amen. A very heathen place. And he says, set an, an example for what? Who? The believers. Amen. Because if you, can, if you can stand up and love the church and love believers around you and be excited and be passionate and step out with boldness and have, uh, have a message and encouraging and building up the body, I guarantee you're also going to build up the world. Amen. Sometimes we get so caught up in our little Christian, hallelujah, praise the Lord, sit in our seat, our same seat on Sunday and not willing to challenge the very believer next to us. Amen. But you can get so on fire and so in love with God and so filled with revelation from God's word that even the believers look at your life and say, I want that too. I want God to use me like that. I want to get those revelations. Amen. Well, we're, we're challenging our fellow, our fellow, fellow brothers and sisters. Amen. And if we're doing that, if we're willing to not get comfortable within the church, we won't also be comfortable, also refuse to be comfortable and just compromise and blend into the world. Amen. We want to challenge everybody. And as as the church becomes an example of that compassion, that is our biggest form of evangelism. Because the early church, they didn't have, you know, brochures, hey, come to, you know, such and such corner and we're going to have a meeting, right? They didn't have, you know, big crusades. I mean, there was still a level, uh, there was persecution. And so the biggest form of evangelism for the early church was their personal example. That something had changed in them so much. They stopped worshiping idols. They stopped sacrificing their children. They stopped sacrificing, you know, in in the prostitution houses. They stopped doing that and they started being people of love and compassion. They started being people that were serving. Amen? And that's how the church grew. Can you imagine if each and every one of us allowed the compassion of God to really flow through us fully? Amen? And surrendered and said, Lord, here I am. Use me. Amen? We start to see our friends and our family, perfect strangers, get saved in a way that we've only dreamed of. Amen? And my challenge to you this morning, you know, when, when we, we know that God is willing, we know that God is able, but we're stepping out in faith and saying, Lord, I believe that that, that that revelation of your word and the love within my heart can cause me to be a person of compassion. I remember hearing the story of a missionary. He was a missionary to uh, Mexico. And he'd gone through, uh, he was going through the, the jungles of, Me- of Mexico and he had his team with him and they were worshiping and they were singing and they came into this village and uh, the pastor greeted them and, oh, we're so glad you're here and welcome and stuff like that. And it was a little hut, you know, um, church that had been built. And all of a sudden he said he smelled this horrible smell. I mean, just kind of gag you, kind of smell. Oh, and he's like, what is that smell? And he said, it was a smell that you just never got used to. You know, some bad smells you get used to, but this is a, a bad smell that just kept assaulting his senses. Oh my gosh, what is that? And the pastor pointed to this pile of rags that was over kind of near the clearing where the, the trees were. 
And so him being very curious and wondering what could smell so bad, walked over and pulled up this cover, and there was a man there rotting with leprosy. He had no fingers. He had no toes. His nose was gone. His ears were gone. He's slimy. And he's like, oh, my goodness. And so he walked away. And the Lord spoke to him out of, uh, out of Matthew. He said, go and preach the good news. Heal the sick. Raise the dead. Cleanse the lepers. Cast out demons. Freely you have received. Freely give. It's like, oh. <laughs> so I knew what God was telling me to do. Jesus. But he'd been meditating on that verse, you know, you know, go preach the kingdom of heaven. So he walked over and he pulled back the cover. He said, the kingdom of God is here. And so he preached the gospel to him and he said, you need to give your heart to the Lord. And so the man gave his heart to the Lord. And he's like, praise God, brother, you're going to heaven. You're going to be with Jesus and put the cover back on him and was walking away. And Jesus said, and heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers and cast out demons. Amen. I'll guarantee, now let me, I'll give you a warning. You start pursuing God and hiding the word of God in your heart, it will come back to your remembrance. <laughs> Hallelujah. No, Jesus, not today. No, I feel lazy at this moment. Hallelujah. And so he goes back over and he's like, okay, cleanse the lepers. And then another scripture comes back to his mind of, you know, lay your hands on the sick and they shall recover. And he's like... Oh, Jesus. So he lays his hand on this man. He said when he laid his hands on him, his hand sunk into his skull. You know, ooze coming between his fingers. He said, in the name of Jesus, be healed, be whole, be healthy. Amen. And then he ran away and he told the pastor, he says, you get me a bucket of soap and lie right now. And the whole time he's washing his hands, the devil's going, you're going to get leprosy. You're going to get leprosy. And he's just rebuking it. No. And uh, prayed for him. They preached. Left. Um, I think it was two weeks later, if I recall. Um, he comes back to this village and there's this attractive young man sitting in the church, smiling from ear to ear. And the pastor comes up to him. He says, well, hi, it's nice to meet you. And he goes, you know me. And he says, what? And he says yeah, you know me. He goes, no, I, I remember pretty much everybody I meet. I don't know you. He goes, yes, you do. But the last time I didn't have any fingers. I didn't have any toes. I didn't have a nose. I didn't have ears. And the missionary goes, I know you. You have the power of God within inside of you. Amen. You have the word of God that you can hide within your heart. And then that word is in your heart. When you begin to realize those great and precious promises belong to you, that they're yours. When you have said amen to those promises, and when you say amen, you're saying, I agree. So be it. It is mine. It's not for me later. See, sometimes we look at the word of God and say, oh, in the sweet by and by, one day I will be spiritual enough to be this. No, that word is for you right now. Everything that it is saying in the word is for you right now. It is who you are. It is a mirror, a perfect representation of who you are at this moment. But it's you saying amen to it. Amen? It's you saying, all right. Because Jesus has said yes. In, in first, uh, first Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20, it talks about 
All the prom and all the promises of God are yes and amen through Jesus Christ. So all those promises are yes because Jesus made them a yes within our lives. Amen. That work of the cross and him giving you his spirit and him giving you the Holy Spirit is the yes of the spirit of God within your life. Now, then it goes on to say, and the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. Meaning when you say amen, that's when those things that are inside of your heart begin to be shown. Amen. That the glory of God begins to be shown to this world because you have said amen to the promises of God. And when we say amen to those great and precious promises, we begin to participate in the divine nature. You're not sitting in the grandstands watching revival. You are, you are an initiator of revival. Amen? You're allowing God to use you and flow through you. Praise God. And it says, and when we participate in that divine nature, having escaped from the corruption that is in the world through sinful desire, meaning our desires begin to be changed by those great and precious promises. All of a sudden, you begin to understand the priorities of your life, that you're not confined or bound up by the corruption of this world, the worries of your finances, the economic situation or the political situation. Hallelujah. Amen. You begin to understand that you can participate in the divine nature and that you're here for such a time as this. Amen. It's not a mistake. God is excited about you. God wants to use you. And if you're willing to say amen, he's ready and he's been ready for a long time. Amen. So I just want to challenge you to become people of compassion. And that's coming through that intimacy with God, that ministry that you have with God. Amen. And from that is going to come an overflow. And the way you love and the way you reach out with compassion is going to be unique and tremendous and powerful through your life and through your family. Amen. And it's going to touch your church. And it's going to touch your city. And I believe God's called you to touch nations. Amen. Isn't God good? God loves you. And I just think, oh, I encourage you. I'm just so excited. I just encourage you to get a revelation of the word. Amen. And that comes through you saying, Lord, I give my time. I put other things aside. And I know we're very busy people. Every single one of us in here are busy. Every single one of us have concerns. But I guarantee when you put your relationship with God and your pursuit of understanding his word and allowing that revelation to take seed and transform your mind and your heart, it is the greatest thing you can accomplish within your day, within your year, within your lifetime. Amen? Because that transformation will touch everything else in your schedule, will touch everything else that God has entrusted to you. Because he has entrusted things to you. I'm not saying that you cast everything aside and become hermits and monks. Amen? God wants you in this world to touch it. You're in it. You're not of it. Amen? But he wants you where you're at to be people led by God and the power of God. Amen? I can say that for Mike and I, for our Bible school students, you know, as we see God doing this with us, as we live this message ourselves, we're seeing God open up doors that I would have never imagined God would have opened up for us. Amen? God has more than you can imagine. Amen? God is excited about you this morning. Praise the Lord. Let's close in prayer. Lord, we love you. And I thank you that you're excited about us, that you love us, that you have a plan, you have purposes for us, Father. 
And I thank you. You've given us your great and precious promises, Lord. And I thank you that you've given us your spirit and that spirit in the fullness of your kingdom living inside of us. And Lord, I thank you that your word would transform our minds so that we would realize everything that's within inside of us so that, we, so that we can say amen, so that we can so allow the revelation of your love to move us to action, Father, to be a part of revival, not just watch it go by, not, not just pray for it, but to be a part of it and speak the things that you've called us to speak in our families and in our homes, in our communities and churches and to the nations, Father. I thank you that the people in here that have been making excuses today would stop making those excuses. Lord, I thank you for this. Lord, we love you. We thank you that you lead us and guide us and that you're with us and you're dedicated to our growth. You're dedicated to the transformation within our hearts. We love you and we thank you for this. In Jesus' name, amen. Just, just real quick, on, on the CBC table, Mike and I have a couple CDs that you guys are welcome to grab for free. That's just to bless you. And one last thing. Valia, are you in here? Valia. Valia, stand up. This is Valia Sotkina. She is our Russian student. She came from Russia to be a part of the conference this year. And I just wanted to recognize her. She has been transformed by God's love. She spoke to the teenagers. She spoke to the teenagers yesterday, and it was awesome. I just sat there like, oh, it's our baby. But she's a tremendous minister of God. She works with orphans and orphanages within Russia. And uh, so praise God that God, God is working, and now we're seeing our Russian students just absolutely changing nations. So not only does God want to use you to change nations, he'll use you to help other people change nations. Amen. So God bless you, and have a great day. Praise the Lord. Isn't that great? I'm proud of Carrie. She is such a blessing. You know, Carrie came to us when she was 18 years old, I believe. And after two years of Bible school, she left and went to Russia. This is back before we had world outreach. And we were just doing everything we could to stay afloat ourselves. We didn't have any way to help anybody. She went over there on her own, raised her own support. And was part of either two or three different Bible school plants that we had, different places in Russia, eventually landed in St. Petersburg. Now she's had 10 years of ministry in Russia. 31 years old, I think, aren't you? And already been in ministry for 10 years or more, maybe 11 years. And uh, it is awesome to see the way that she's grown. You know, one of the things that uh, is such a blessing to me is the fact that we have all of these different directors and everybody's personality is totally different. I am really pleased that we don't make little cookie cutter Andrews coming out of this Bible school. I mean, Carrie's nothing like me. Mike is nothing like me. All of these different instructors are themselves, but we have the same message. We, we all have a love and a compassion for the Lord and for people. But, you know, that's one of the good things is we don't try and change you into being a certain way and having a certain mannerism. We just want the message to be the same. And when I was in Russia with Mike and Carrie, I was really blessed because uh, at that time, that's just as they were beginning to translate some of my books. So prior to us coming, these people had never really heard me. 
They had never seen a video because they were all in English and not in Russian. And so actually they had had no impact for me whatsoever, but they had had the same message, the same truths and the same reality. And when I was there and they gave their testimony, I was just amazed because you could have been, you could have taken me 40 years ago, what God was showing me and the way he was working in my heart. And you could hear them talking about the same things that they had discovered what eternal life was all about and about the righteousness and the goodness of God. And and it was just powerful. And that's what we're doing is we're seeing people raised up that are presenting the same message, but it comes out with their personality, their giftings. They are totally free to be themselves. And I tell you, I, I think that's a good way to do it. I've been, I've seen people come out of Bible colleges that everybody has the same mannerisms. They they all scream, shout the same way or whatever. And you know what? It just, I don't know. God didn't make us alike. We're all different. And there needs to be freedom to be yourself. So I'm excited about that. I heard we had a great uh, meeting yesterday about the Bible college. And I think there was 15 or 18, 20 now that have actually registered for the Bible college. So praise God. That's great. So how many of you have registered this week for the Bible college? Could I see your hand? Well, praise God. Welcome. We're glad you're coming. How many of you know that you're coming? I've actually talked to about a dozen people who've already moved here and say they're coming. And I say, have you registered? And they said, no. You know, let me just point out something. (laughs) That you have to fill out an application. That means that it's not guaranteed. You have to apply and there is a approval process. And I admit we don't hardly ever turn anybody away, but we are uh, at the limits of our facility and it would really help us to know how many people are coming. And so if you are coming and if you're here because you've planned on coming, the sooner you register, the, it'll sure help us to be able to accommodate things because we could have around 600 people. And that is the absolute maximum that we can handle in our facility. Now, uh, Lawson Purdue is building a church next door. And sometime in September, he's planning on being finished with that. But anyway, to start school, we aren't going to have that. And we will be using his facility, maybe not this year, but next year. But it would sure help us. And there's a lot of things. We have to make up syllabuses. We uh, do all of that in advance. And there's a lot of work. We put out uh, many times over a million copies a month on our copiers at our office uh, because of the things that we do for the Bible school. So there's a lot of work. If you are coming, it would really bless us if you would register. And I was given some bribes. I was handed this as I walked up here and they said, give these to people if they'll go ahead and register now. So uh, who knows that you're coming and yet you haven't registered yet. Somebody who knows that you're coming, you hadn't registered yet. I'll bribe you with a hat right here, a CBC hat. If you, you can have this hat, if you'll go ahead and register today, anybody come get it. These people over here, I'll give it to them. And here's another bribe. It's a CBC Frisbee. So who else knows that you're coming and you will register? Anybody? Anybody? Here you go. Thank you. 
Anybody want a Frisbee? All right, here we go. Way over here. You ready? Whoops. I hit Cecil. It's a good thing I know him. Anyway, threw it too high. But if you, if you haven't registered, go ahead and register. How many of you know that you're coming, but you haven't registered? Can I see your hands? I'm not going to rebuke you. I just want to know. Just a few of you. Well, praise God. You need to go ahead and register. It would really be a blessing to us.